Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Abadisian, the Suburban Shaman, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Guess who it is? It's me, Arnie Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo in today's purposefully misinformed, melodramatic, miscalculated, misdepesto, chaotic little world. Now, as always, we try to present our information with as much grace and empathy as can be mustered on any given day. We are not always successful, I'll admit to that, but we are on a bound to give it a shot. And on this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, we do love shots. Yes, we do. In fact, I'm going to have one right now. Cheers, everybody. I drink this to you. I'm doing this for you. Mm. And I must say, it is a pleasure to serve you in this way. Our rally cry here at Metaphysical Martini is awaken, oh my people. Do not follow the path of the sheeple. Do not give our God cause to weeple. If you're joining us for the first time, I extend a very warm welcome to you. Be advised, however, we do not do politically correct on this show because we do not wish to erode our intellect. We have an awful lot to say about that sort of thing. We martini heads, we are straight-talking, straightforward folks. We may be direct, and by golly we are, but we come from a core of respect. We don't make stuff up here to up our numbers. There's no fakery-shmakery just for the heck of it. What you see is what you get. We value common decency, common courtesy, common sense, soul sovereignty, and our national sovereignty. When we use labels, we do so for identification purposes. We are strictly non-partisan because we believe all parties are in the can. And if you haven't figured that out by now, you have not been doing a lot of figuring, have you? Our world today, well, it's lost its moral compass. And without a moral compass, the political arena, well, it's nothing more than a never-ending power play, benefiting a small group of what? Sociopaths who gorge themselves on the fat of the land, while the rest of humanity, well, begs for scraps under tables, groaning with the fruits of its own labor. How many times throughout history have we done this? Do we not think that we could do better? And how did we become such feeble-minded peons. Now, please don't mistake that for an insult. It's the most accurate description I can give. When I walk around the streets today, 
in Wilsonville or, you know, any part of uh, Oregon, I'm walking around the streets and all I see is people acquiescing, acquiescing, just rolling over, just have become feeble-minded, boot-licking peons. Why do we do what the state tells us to do? Well, my darlings, this is what this show is all about. Looking at a bigger picture, stepping outside of the carefully crafted establishment narrative. And I will say this path, it is not for the faint of heart. If you're one of the millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, who would rather sleep comfortably in the manufactured illusion, if you are content to do as you are told, eat what you are given, behave as ordered, and believe everything the daily spin churns out. Darlings, this show is not for you, so move along, move along now, nothing to see here. If, on the other hand, you have capacity for objective thought and wish to better understand the marvels of cosmic co-creation, if you wish to enjoy your incarnation, you might hear something of value in the next hour. Who knows? Life, it's an adventure. An adventure means excitement, new journeys, new frontiers, lots of laughs, a few tears, some elation, some up, some down, some smile, some frown. You know, it's an experience, but we will get it all sorted out in the end. And no matter how bad we think our lives are, let us remind ourselves that thus far, up until this moment, we have survived 100% of our very worst days, and we have survived all of the trauma that we created and that others created for us. That's what adventure is all about, my darlings, to boldly go and do bold things when we get to wherever the place is where we're going to be bold. Yes, exactly. Now, today, today is Wednesday, January the 20th, 2021. And it's an interesting day, an auspicious day. First of all, I am celebrating 31 years with my beautiful partner. Who knew when we first met 31 years ago, we would be having our 31st anniversary on the day that we thought the world was going to change. Um, anyway, I just, I love you, honey. I don't know why you hung out with me for so long, but I'm so very glad that you did. Okay, it's another day as well today. So in another reality, it's the day that Trumpus was handing over power to the next administration, which we all thought, oh, no, it can't be Biden and the communist globalists because those people are committed to destroying America and to making it a money laundering operation for the new world order. And we would all be little microchipped units waiting to be used for money laundering. But so what happened? Got up this morning. And um, some sort of inauguration was happening and it was Biden and it was Harris. And Biden, I think, doesn't have a thought to himself. Harris, this is a purely professional opinion from somebody who uh, makes a career out of examining auras, um, is evil, genuinely evil and serves the cabal. Now, I know that we all woke up this morning, well, not all, but those of us who know how the world works, we woke up this morning and we went, today is the day that tanks are going to roll down the street. Today is the day they're going to start broadcasting military tribunals on television. Today is the day the emergency broadcast system will tell us that we have uh, rescued America from the clutches of the evil communists. Today is the day, blah, blah, blah. All righty. Well, guess what happened? 
today was not the day. <laughs> today was not the day. However, I can tell you that pretty sure civil war is happening behind the scenes with various different branches of the security service probably duking it out. Um, and not for one moment do I believe that after four years of going to work every day, knowing that half the world wants to hate you and kill you, after four decades, and then these last four, no, for, four for decades, I'm going to say, we've been monitoring the deep state activities. And then we've had these four grueling years of fighting them in the trenches. You know, I haven't done much, but I'm talking about Trumpus and the team. You know, they've started a movement to preserve America's purpose and dignity, and we're not going to pack up and go home anytime soon. I know that some people still refuse to believe there is a deep state, and with all the information available about it, well, darlings, surely that's willful ignorance, isn't it? And it's your naivety that poses a danger to the freedom of the rest of us. All this blind obedience, this cowering conformity, acquiescing to mask wearing, when clearly, clearly, if you have any common sense and half a functioning brain cell, it is an exercise in futility. And you may think you're being a good citizen, but from another perspective, you're encouraging the sociopaths who rule this world to take another step forward towards stripping away any semblance of civil rights from you. And those who are brackets following the science, God, how I hate that phrase, please tell me why you think there's a pandemic when there is no spike in general mortality. I don't know that there's a conversation that needs to go beyond that one. Would someone please answer that for me? Please, you can't, don't bother, because there is no spike in general mortality which means there's no pandemic. Because if you have a pandemic, it's something new that kills you above and beyond everything else that's already killing you. All this pandemic's done is replace everything that used to kill us with this new word. Please tell me also why you think masks are useful. You know, we visit a grocery store, you're wearing a mask, you touch hundreds if not thousands of items, which have been touched before by you and hundreds of maybe thousands of people. And then you take your excessively fondled products to the masked cashier, who then touches each item before bagging it while standing behind a plexiglass barrier. I mean, what stupidity is this? It's common sense that something's afoot here. And if this contagion is so virulent, well, where are the biohazard bins for the one-time use-only masks? Because if it is virulent, you can only use your mask one time, then it has to be destroyed. If this contagion is so virulent, why are we congregating in places where thousands of people touch the same items? Are supermarkets and big lot stores operating under a different set of standards for virology? Why can't we go to church? There's much less touching in church. There's a lot of touching in a supermarket. What about the gym? And why restrict eating out in restaurants and bars? What is the difference between touching a plate of nachos and a glass of beer in a restaurant and touching products in a supermarket? Except, of course, you touch so much more in a supermarket. And why don't people ask these questions? 
I mean, could it be something as obvious as perhaps they, the establishment, don't want us congregating and socializing? Because when people do that, they tend to have discussions, especially after a glass of wine or two. And when you discuss things, you pool ideas. And if we pool ideas, we might just figure out that something smells. You know, I've said this before. It's not a criticism. I'm just making observations here. You know, I've lived in this country for 30 years. I'm as much a patriot as any of you red-blooded Americans are now. What happened to this country? The whole world looked up to America. We went from rugged individualism, free thinkers and John Wayne, short crust apple pie, to frightened little insects with nary an original argument and, um, for the most part, with the personality of a ball of lint. I have stated from the very start, that America has a sacred purpose to evolve and to lead the world as a beacon of secular spirituality. Americans were once proud of their country and of their achievements. And now there's a globalist movement designed to make you ashamed to be American. What nonsense is that? How dangerous is that because I see so many young people today, 15, 16, walking around under the weight of this indoctrination, absolutely ashamed to be an American or, you know, to have white skin or just, this is ridiculous. The whole point is to reclaim our minds from the relentless campaign to control them. People you have to wash your underwear, not your brains. You're getting those two things confused. You know, we're jumping through hoops to expose evil, to expose corruption, to expose the war against we the people and our God-given rights. How many times have we been through similar scenarios in our history? I mean, we don't even have to go back that far. The whole point of America is that government answers to and serves the people. Government is not our leader. We elect an assortment of mainly corrupt losers every four years. To do what? What have they done? Right? They've sold this country piece by piece to private corporate interests. Check it out if you don't believe me. The corporate corporatization of government is huge part of the deep state agenda. That is what the government had morphed into until Trump and his team came in to expose and disrupt it. And why else did those in the pocket of deep state, which is about 80% of the House and the Senate, I kid you not, why else did they go ballistic when Trump got in? Because they saw a threat to their dirty, easy money a threat to their easy way of life, and ultimately they saw a threat to their lives because it is possible, as some people will see, to be executed for treason and for crimes against humanity. And here's another one to consider. Given the extent of pedophilia and satanic worship in our world today, why did no one except the Trump administration address it? Why? I mean, this is a horrific practice that goes on in the upper echelons of society and has ramifications all the way down all of the echelons of society. 
why did nobody address it? Because they are guilty of either partaking in the rituals or they know someone who is active in such circles or they have been blackmailed. And if you knew the extent of these practices, you would be outraged beyond all imagining. And yet the world has been brainwashed to hate the one man who had the guts and the personality to take the helm against the biggest fight against evil any of us will see probably in any lifetime. And I am astonished. I, I searched for the correct word. I'm going to have to say I am astonished at mankind's inability to see the obvious. Clearly, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So to sum up my opening pontification, I woke up this morning and I was a little disappointed not to see the tanks, but I also knew that the potential for, for um, Trump to leave the White House and return March or April was high. Because when you do remote viewing into different pools of potential, during times of such cataclysm, information lines are very, very crossed. And it's, I'm not making excuses here. It's just it's very difficult to get an accurate reading when every single day something happens and the scenario has changed. But I'm going to go by psychic Louise Jones from Newcastle in the UK, who is surprisingly accurate. I say surprisingly because not every medium is 100% accurate. It's, it's just really not possible. But she did say she didn't think that these seven-day tribunals would happen this week. She also said quite a while ago that there was a very strong possibility of Trump leaving the White House, of Biden being inaugurated, brackets, uh, you know, quotation marks, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then, then the Trump cards would be played and that the timing was very, very important. And she saw Trump getting in again by March or April. When I do remote views, I have to say I am seeing Trump come back in with a whole new game, a whole new political party, perhaps. I don't know. I was hoping for, a, for interregnum, really. I was really hoping that the military would step up and say, look, fraud, election fraud, it's obvious. If it was any more obvious, it would sexually violate you that's how obvious it is um and you know given that the election was rigged and given that there's um so many other things that we're about to stick you people for perhaps it would be a good idea if the military took over but that didn't happen either so i don't know what the game plan is i never did because i don't work for the trump administration i just know what the bigger picture is and then i used my experience for having worked for these people that i speak out against um over the years to try and put it into some guidebook form for you. Uh, I'll just close by saying I still think it's going down. There is no way we've come this far just to expose everything and then say to the people, okay, everyone, um, now you take it. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. The best is yet to come. I don't think Hugh and that lot are leading you on because if they were and then they just walked away, I think their own people would kill them. So take heart, patriots. Um, I don't know what sort of damage can be done in a couple of months by these people. Probably a fair amount. 
but nothing that can't be undone, according to my sources who I spoke to this morning, who did not seem to be in the least bit perturbed. So I'm going to go with that. All right, now I have really over-quantificated, and it's time to move on. Main, main reason we started this show, it was questions, questions, answers, and comments. We ha you have questions, and it's difficult to discuss them sometimes if you don't have a like-minded peer group. So if you would like to share your thoughts with our listeners, write to me either by, by email at arnie at arnieavidician.com or arnieavidician at hotmail.com or send me a letter or a postcard to Cosmic Arnie, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon 97070, USA. And let me know how and if you would like to be identified or else you will be classified OPD. Omit personal details. All right, let's take a little sip of this drinky poo. Mm. And let's see what's going on today. Oh, I felt that. Mm. Okay, this first one is from the UK, but it is uh, an OPD. Arnie, what will happen to the Catholic Church when crimes and agenda are exposed? Um, why did you state in one of your podcasts that you think that intercession of saints is dangerous? Mm. I don't remember saying that, but it sounds like something I probably would have said. All right, well, um, OPD. I think the change is happening to, to a great extent already in the Catholic Church. Ongoing habitual abuse, sexual, physical, and emotional has been exposed. And we now know that the Church has paid out significant amounts to victims of mental, sexual, and physical abuse. They denied it every time somebody came forward to say, Father Donegan had diddled my little boy. Um, they would say, oh, it's never happened before. And here's the first one. Here's 2,000 quid and go away. But that's all changing. I think people are standing up against the church in places such as Ireland, which is big, by the way. There's an organization there now called Nope to the Pope. Never thought that would happen in Ireland. And, of course, on the east coast of the USA. And that's, you know, in places where Catholic parishes still wield a fair amount of power in various aspects of people's lives. For example, education. I think in some parts of Ireland, depending on what parish you're in, that can dictate what kind of school you're going to go to. Um, also in counseling, which is, you know, my line of work, um, if the priest is the first person you go to for counseling and he instructs you in not what is best for you, but instructs you according to his organization's tenets, well, you can see the problem there. And as for, you know, saints, intercession, asking the saints to intercede on your behalf and all of that, intervene on your behalf. Well, the problem I have with it is the same problem I have with anything or anyone who seeks to separate me from the divine. Anyone who tells me on any level I am not worthy to approach the divine directly and I may need the intervention of a third party, well, that directly contradicts the whole point of spiritual evolution, which is to achieve direct contact with God, source, creator. Now, if you want to light a candle to a saint and honor them for what they have done for your particular cause or honor them because they have inspired you to take right-minded action, that's cool. 
but you don't need anyone's permission to speak directly to the divine. The saint did not create you. Supreme cosmic intelligence created you. And many would say, and they do, what's the harm in lighting a candle to a saint? It gives people hope and comfort that someone is speaking on their behalf. Hmm. Well, I love lighting pretty devotional candles as much as the next woman. But my personal tenet is to thine own self be true. And I am a child of the divine. My source is within source. And if I ever forget that, I will lose access to the absolute best parts of me, the magical side of my cosmic alignment. I'm not going to put my trust in some figure who may or may not have done the things he or she was sainted for. I put my trust in my creator, whom I know adores me and supports me, twit that I am, and will align me with all the adventure and goodliness I can handle if I have the confidence to simply ask for it. Everything problematic in our world stems from too many middlemen, too many layers, too many wheelers and dealers. I prefer to buy directly from the manufacturer and people like me. Well, I think of us as talking guidebooks, a guidebook to the game of life and how to play it. I realize that hundreds of millions of people would be shattered. They will be shattered when the truth is, is out there. And, well, for them to be shattered, first of all, the news has to get out there. So the media has to be broken and it has to be repeated ad nauseum on the airwaves the same way as they repeat ad nauseum their lies. I know that many people say, why shake the foundations of so many people? My response to that is this. Look, I just don't believe we're nearly as fragile as we have been convinced that we are. And if the foundations are faulty, then better to dismantle them and build on solid rock, not on shifting sands. The church is wealthy. It will survive in one form or another. It will change. It will adapt. But just like the banks and the judicial system, the military-industrial complex, and just about every, every aspect of our lives, it will collapse under the weight of its own dysfunction. All of these organizations will. That's what the Trump team was all about. So thank you for that question. Um, sometimes I do go off track, but I think I actually did answer that question. Yes, I did. Well done, me. All right, moving on. Here's another question. Another question that says... What is the difference between those who see how the world works and those who do not? Why can they not see what we see? I was told never to question a priest when I was growing up. Could you talk a little on free thinking and free thought? Well, I guess I could. I'll have a sip first, though. Mm. Okay. Right. What is the difference between people who have figured out what's going on in the world and people who have not figured out what's going on in the world. Because clearly we have at least two very distinct narratives going on right now. The difference is curiosity, people. Curiosity. 
Adventurers are curious. They want to take things apart and see how things function. They want to take the road less traveled to see where it leads and to enjoy the wonders along the way. Free thinkers are, they are, they are, ah, sound like a pirate. Free thinkers are interested in the opinions of others. Because what is free thinking? Well, it's about intellectual liberation, isn't it? And civil liberties. A free thinker does not adhere to one dogma and does not wish to be told what is and what is not morally acceptable. Free thinkers prefer to decide that for themselves. And that is why I believe we fought so hard for separation of church and state. Both could be instruments for good or for evil. And as with all things, it depends on whether the people running the show have a moral compass or not. And it always, always comes back to that. Look at where we are today. Just take a moment. Look around. Can you call government today a force for good? with a sound moral compass? No, you can't. That's why the whole Trump train came in, to expose and dismantle corruption. And what a fight he put up with his team. I know it's not just him, he is the figurehead. But oh my gosh, what a fight. If you want to know how the world works, who runs it and why, you have to be curious and you have to see yourself as both writer and player of your life. I find the people who do not shy from self-evaluation, those are the ones who seek to better themselves. Those are the ones who make better use of their mind. So morality, what is morality? I mean, what is it? What's, what's the definition of it? It's uh, the principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. So ethics... Virtue, goodness, integrity, uprightness, righteousness. Yeah. I think I did a podcast a while ago on the Ten Commandments, and I should try to find that episode because well, it's all very well to say thou shalt not kill, and there are very many good reasons why thou shalt not kill. But then we do live in a society where we go ahead and give some people who kill people medals. Um, but should they do it? at the heat of the moment in a civilian situation, then we give them a life sentence. So clearly, selective morality is the phrase that is being used today, not a proper moral compass. Back in school, we were taught three things about morality. I'm trying to remember now back years ago. You're supposed to ask yourself the following questions before you act. One, is this behavior harmful to me? Number two, is it harmful to my fellow citizens? And number three, is it harmful to my culture? And we're asked all too often in educational establishments at any level not to question. We don't question parents, guardians, teachers, officers, and so forth. And yet asking questions is how we learn. We have to follow the money. That's a good question to ask. <laughs> Who stands to gain from this action? What do I stand to gain from this action and if you got the guts to do the self-evaluation then you really what you're doing is applying the tenets of critical thinking to every situation and you know that includes your family and your personal issues 
One of the most important things I was taught with regard to critical thinking years ago is um, don't mistake ignorance for perspective. And that's a good one to remember. Most, um, I would say probably the most violated principle of critical thinking is, um, is thoroughness. People simply do not gather up all the available facts on a subject. And, you know, thinking requires facts. Erroneous conclusions stem from inadequate factual knowledge quite often. So, you know, apply the tenets of critical thinking to your own life and then you will know what's going on in the world because it will make sense to you. Gather, the comp gather as much information as you can. Understand all the terms. Define all the terms. Question the methods by which facts are derived. Question the conclusions. Look for hidden assumptions and biases. Question the source of the facts. Don't expect to be given factual answers either. You know, examine the big picture. Examine possible multiple causes and effects. And watch out for language designed to stop a debate. And just as important, I think, it's understand our own bias and our own values. As we take a look at our country today, it is easy to separate the people who rely on one news outlet for information from the ones who research multiple news outlets. We quite literally have half a country believing one scenario and the other half living through a completely different narrative. Each person has a purpose for incarnation. We don't decide just to thrust ourselves onto this planet just for the heck of it. This is acknowledged as a very difficult planet. No joke. And these are the most challenging of times. Not everyone came here to cure cancer or design the next best gizmo, but we did come here to experience something, to work on something. Physical incarnations are difficult, but it helps greatly with the soul's evolution because of the challenges. If you want to know how the world works, who, what, where, why, it starts with understanding who you are and how you work, what makes you tick. What is your purpose or what is the main theme for this life? Who am I? What is that personality that you have in this incarnation? Where did that come from? Where do I come from? I mean, I know I'm pure cosmic potential in human form. But what does that mean? What am I doing here? And how can I do it better? You know, you examine your family of origin. You understand why your family dynamics are the way they are. You understand soul contracts and pre-birth agreements. These things are very important. And when you understand those things and you're willing to do the self-evaluation, you change what needs to be changed and you make peace with what cannot. We cannot have peace in the big house if we don't have peace in our hearts and minds. And we cannot sort out the problems of the world if we refuse to examine our own immediate environment and our behavior. Life is so much easier if we are open and honest with ourselves, hiding from ourselves. Well, it's a very common thing, isn't it? But it is an exercise in stupidity, in my opinion. As Abjit Naskar once said, 
without purpose. We are just good-looking animals. Common sense, people, don't jump through hoops. Keep it simple. Stay out of the gray zones. If they're too gray, go in there. Put a little contrast in there. Thank you for that question. That is a good one. I get that one a lot. It is not our job to bring people over to our way of thinking. That's not our job. Our job is to explore and respectfully discuss what's in our minds and allow others to do the same. Okay. Here's a question from a chap in the UK who asks, uh, he's OPD too, Dear Arnie, what do all the religious people mean when they say, I need to be saved? <laughs> what is salvation and why is it needed? According to them, oh, why is it needed according to them? Okay, I see myself as a cosmic being having a human chapter. And as long as I know I'm cosmic, I don't need salvation, do I? So what are they all going on about? Well, I'm sure everyone has their own version of what salvation is and isn't, and I'm going to agree with this chap who wrote this letter. Salvation has a great deal to do with seeing yourself first and foremost as a cosmic energy being and using your human personality to overcome the dysfunctional aspects of the false ego. In metaphysics, we would say that the ego is a symbol of separation. In flesh form, it is easier to see ourselves as somehow less than spirit or feel that we are far, far away from the realm of angels and light beings. And that, of course, um, that's just perception. It's not true. And when we realize that the flesh form and the ego are tools we use to expand consciousness and to affirm and refine our true nature, well, then it all begins to make sense. We can use it. When Jesus or other people have said these things, um, I have overcome the world. I am of this world, but I am not of this world. Yeah, I understand the purpose of this incarnation, of this experience. And as I grow in understanding, so too does the world around me. As I hold myself to a higher standard, so too does the world around me. Until such time as the physical earth and the heavenly earth share the same vibration and merge into one. It is difficult to keep an eye on the bigger picture when we have so many details to take care of on a physical realm. From time to time, I would say twice a year would be good enough. We should take time out to review our schedules, the day-to-day the -day living that we do. Are we wasting time and energy going through the motions? Salvation, in my mind, is um, reclamation. We're reclaiming our minds from the daily grind and choose instead to align with the mind of the divine. I think a common problem we humans have is not that we ask for too much, but that we ask for too little. Now, I'm not referring to things necessarily. The world is filled with things. And since it is a physical realm filled with physical things, we are entitled to have as many things as we want. But pleasure from things, well, that's temporary and fleeting. It has a certain value while it entertains us, but no value once we're done with it. Making money, owning things, yeah, it's very nice, I'm sure. But, 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 knowing we are aligned with divine mind and are therefore capable of conjuring anything we need, 
for a functional life, whatever realm we may find ourselves on, well, that is priceless. And that's a, a, a salvation mindset. You don't have to utter words in an ancient language or affirm allegiance to one prophet over another. You just have to know what you are and what you're capable of. Every single person on the planet today, good, bad, ugly, and everything in between, is an experience the divine is having. Some are doing better than others. Each one of us, well, we're here to use our personality to overcome the, dis the dysfunctional aspects of the ego. And that means regular self-evaluation because that leads to an awakened mind, which then takes us to that point of salvation. To thine own self be true. Such a wonderful phrase to, um, to start meditations on because it's, you know, well, what am I? Well, I'm only Avedician. Am I? But am I more than that? Well, I am. Well, tell me all about that then. Ani, how much more than Ani are you? So you see, it starts the process. In, in the beginning, if there ever was such a time, you were source energy. So you think about that, your magnificence, and you let that, you let that saturate you. Let yourself be saturated with your divine cosmic magnificence. And, um, and all shall be well. I thank you for that question. Do we have time for another? And do we have time for another drinky? I always have time for another drinky. Hold on. Ooh. All right. Here's a question from Sandra who asks, Arnie, what is the difference between channeling and possession? Is there a difference? Ahaha. Well, with channeling, you are supporting communication between two devices or two beings. And in my line of work, a channel is someone who receives information from, well, let's just say the Akashic Records, and passes that information on to the querent, the, the seeker, the person asking the question. So mediums, psychic mediums, um, they're usually the ones doing this work, and their methods of receiving can vary. Some of them hear the information um, as an audio stream, rather like you're listening to this podcast, and they repeat it. And then some of them trance out completely and allow the entity to temporarily take over the body and speak through them. Now, all methods are open to corruption, just as our computers are open to corruption if we don't have a firewall or Norton or McAfee or whatever. So channels need to keep their energy anatomy clean and calibrated and aligned with the light and more so if they are trancing out, because there are so many beings just waiting for an opportunity to break through and express themselves. If you find such a channel, that's great. Um, I understand the concerns some may have, allowing another being to take over your body, but it depends on the channel. If they are in the light, the light, and only the light, you will probably have a satisfactory and useful session. If not, all bets are off. Now, with possession, possession is when an external entity takes over your body, with or without your consent. It is rare. Full-blown possession is, thank God, rare. Um, but it does happen, and it doesn't happen overnight. Deep depression, cultivating a victim mentality, 
allowing yourself to seethe in pools of resentment and anger. These behaviors, when they're kept up for long periods of time, they will result in attachments and they can result in possession. So guard your mental health. I will say I have seen, um, you know, these synthetic recreational drugs. I absolutely hate them on the planet. Crystal, meth, crack. Um, these things, they completely erode a person's self-determination. And it opens a channel for the lower levels of demonic entities to attach and to take over. And with continued use, they will possess the user. And these drugs are so incredibly dangerous. Um, they don't only just take chunks out of your brain, but they attack the genitals. And that's actually not funny because the result is an overstimulation of our baser emotions, um, uncontrollable lust with anyone and anything, and it can never be enough. And that is very, very dangerous, and it can kill you. So when looking for a medium, please ask for references um, from people who have had a personal one-on-one -on -one with a good medium. Look for references. A good medium is worth their weight in gold, and they do charge, some of them, a lot of gold for their services. So choose wisely. There are many good people out there, but there are also many charlatans and far too many who are just simply mediocre. So there you are, channeling and possession, very different things. All right. Is that... Oh, we've got another question. All right. One more question, one more question. This is an email from Tegan. I haven't heard that name before. Tegan, who asks, how do we replace doubt? Do we overcome it and get a place where only absolute trust in God exists? Ooh, well, that's a good question. Okay. Uh, first of all, let us remind ourselves that these cycles of doubt exist because we are simultaneously taught we are created from divinity Yet it is sacrilege to affirm that we are divine. You know, this writes an error message in the background. And it says, you are not good enough to be called divine. And that in turn keeps us from achieving our full potential. Because you either believe you're divine or, you know, you don't. And that error message keeps us anxious and in fear. Somewhere in the dark recesses of our minds, a message runs in the background, repeating over and over again, you are not worthy. You are not whole. You are not holy. And that, of course, is rubbish. We are created from source and are granted all the privileges that go with that energy wavelength if we understand what that means. So fear, anxiety, doubt, these are errors in perception, improperly processed emotional intel. We should choose to replace them with a heightened state of awareness. This allows us to rise above the issue of concern and to seek a solution from a higher spirit vantage point. It can be raining cats and dogs, but if we climb above the cloud line, the weather is bright and beautiful. The simplest way to overcome doubt is to make no room for it. It will come up. So whenever it comes up, for me anyway, the first thing I do is remove the disruption in my energy anatomy caused by doubt. And that's as simple as placing my hand in the region where I feel anxiety, doubt, fear, taking nine deep, slow, purposeful breaths. And if I don't feel a difference immediately, I'll take a few more breaths and continue breathing until I feel better. 
because this is a mechanical action that smooths out the aura so the incident does not leave an emotional trigger in your system. And once the trigger is smoothed over, remind yourself that you are a glorious manifestation of cosmic energy, temporarily individualized as a human, here to expand consciousness and to refine your soul's evolution. Keep breathing in the divine until every nanocell of your being resonates with the truth of your cosmic nature. Fear, doubt, these baser emotions, they're temporary states of separation from God. A heightened state of awareness is not, it is the opposite to fear, it is alignment. You go from dial-up to the speed of light, and your entire system is broadcasting to and inviting knowledge and inspiration from the hierarchy of light. So the vibrations of unity and love, cliche as it sounds, are the vibrations that overcome all doubt. And when I say unity and love, I don't mean holding hands in a circle, sharing a Coca-Cola with the world. You know, love is not an emotion. It is the vibration from which all things are birthed. Unity is not something we bring about. We are united because we all hail from the same source energy. We were all inhabitants of the islands of paradise and source long before we made planets and universes. And we are always united in love with the divine. Our divine nature should be the primary vibration in our energy fields. And when it is, there is no more doubt. Well, we had some good questions today. And it was really nice getting back to some good old-fashioned metaphysics. Um, what should we do next? What should we do next? Do we have time for tarot a go-go? I don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. But we haven't had a little pat of poetry for a while. Where is my kazoo? Because on this show, we spare every expense to bring you cheap, cheap little sound effects. All right, my darlings. After a hard day's shamaning, I like nothing better than coming home, putting my feet up, and enjoying a nice cup of tea or a small drinky-poo, and writing really bad non-peer-reviewed poetry. Yes, my darlings, after careful consideration, I have decided to share the warped contents of my creative mind with the world. Woohoo! Who needs Shakespeare and literary prowess when you can have Cosmic Arnie and a whole lot less? Some of my poems are serious, some of my poems are sassy, some are downright mysterious, and some are delectably classy. I hope you enjoy my sweet medley and take pleasure in fanciful rhymes. I hope you don't view them as deadly, but as comments on interesting times. All right, this one is not a particularly humorous one, but uh, it's a poem that's valid for the era. And it's titled, Pointing Out the Obvious. Here we go. Me, 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 me. The masks are a symbol of servitude. I don't wish to be rude, but if you cannot entertain this concept, they have washed your brain and your perception is skewed. In reality, there is no spike in mortality, which means no pandemic. Yet you accepted this insane abnormality without question and without research academic. 
there would be different protocols in place if it was so deadly and we were potential carriers. Who makes money from this scam? Vaccine manufacturers and the people who make plexiglass barriers. I don't enjoy living life as a feeble-minded minion, allowing, nay, inviting the establishment to dictate my opinion. Look, it would take Delta Force to breach the Capitol building parameters, yet somehow they convinced you it was done by a bunch of oddly dressed amateurs. And if you applaud censorship and the abolition of God-given free speech, check yourself out for concussion. Because this type of bootlicking is evidence of more than just a partial cranial breach. They've done a number on us, the lords of propaganda. We're trying to share the truth, and most people repost with ridicule and slander. When this is done and over, and the dark ones throw in the towel, let's have a conversation about not confusing our brains with our bowels. Well, there you are. There was uh, my latest little poem. And uh, this week, I'm actually going to go in and record uh, an original work called The Patriot Rap that I'm doing alongside with my friend Rick Hill from Texas, who now lives in Oregon. And as soon as we get that down um, and recorded, we will share it with the world because patriots need to be uplifted, and we need a little bit of rap music. So, my little darlings, I think that's about all we have time for today. I think so. I finished my drink. Well, actually, I haven't. Let me finish my drink now. Oh, that is lovely. I have now finished my drink, and that does mean the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I am enjoyed recording it because I had a blast. I always do. This is pretty much my favorite time every other Wednesday um, to sit and just share with you and, and be with um, like-minded people. Now, today's cocktail is my own invention, and it's called the WTF Election Fraud Special. And this is how you make it. You get a large slug, and I mean large slug, of Maker's Mark bourbon and you put it in a low-ball glass. You add four drops of Peychaud bitters and one pristine ice cube. And you swish once, and you sip slowly, chasing it down with a nice cold beer. And today's choice is Sam Adams Boston Lager. I usually use an Oregon beer, but today, because Sam Adams was one of the founding fathers, we are drinking his beer, and it is my duty to drink his beer because he was a founding father. Now remember, folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top-quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. Hey, people, God only knows what will have transpired by the time we meet again in a couple of weeks. So until then, stay strong and stay in the light because no way did we come this far only to give up. It's not going to happen. That will never happen. Because living under cabal enslavement is not an option. It's not worth living for. These people, they will be exposed. They will be prosecuted. They will go down. We will enter a new golden age, kicking and screaming perhaps, 
But, you know, I can't say this enough. People do not mistake ignorance with perspective. The cosmos is a never-ending playground of adventure and delight. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet of wonder. So put down the cheese toast and take a seat at the main table. I'm Arnie Avedisian. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini Show with Ani Abedisian, the suburban shaman, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you.